step right up and gather around. Tall folks, kindly at the back, please. I am Professor Grunsplatter, and I'm the curator of this here spookatorium. Through these doors are wonders and horrors, maybe even a laugh or two. From the dark corners on every street today, all back through recorded time. You'll hear music and tales of the unknown, mysterious, and perhaps even diabolical. That's right, folks. There are strange things beyond this threshold. But if you weren't curious, you wouldn't be here. So, will you take a chance and come on in? Or will you saddle up to the concession stand and always wonder what you may have missed? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. There will be no refunds once you enter. Thank you for your attention, and the brave ones come with me.
Greetings. Welcome to episode 31 of Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. I am your humble host. Uh, opening the show today was a Targo Lupe with Ravens off their Vespers release from last year. After that was the Northern Lighthouse Board with the Fairy Woman of Bodmin from their 2020 release, A Congregation of Ghosts, Curiosities, and Oddities. And closing that set was Holy Mountain Beast with Mountain of Spirit and Woe. Uh, this is an offshoot project of a project from Sweden called Them Teeth, who I will probably uh, play at some point because they are also very good. Uh, and that was from their record, Dead Mantra and Rituals, Volume 1, A Bibliography of Shamans. The University of Cambridge is undertaking a project to digitize, catalog, and preserve a large collection of medieval medical texts. Most of these, uh, probably all of them actually, are, are handwritten um, tomes of medical recipes from the collections uh, ultimately of University Library, Fitzwilliam Museum, and, and numerous Cambridge-affiliated colleges. Most of the texts date back to the 14th and 15th centuries, with the oldest being a thousand years old. Many of them are in Latin, some are in French, and a significant portion are in Middle English. And they track the evolution of medical thinking, not just through the treatment ideology, but also general science, alchemy, um, legal texts, devotional texts, for a kind of a holistic view of the way that uh, health ailments were viewed during the time period. Uh, many of them are, are richly illustrated and the treatments include ingredients that are familiar today, like uh, sage, rosemary, mint, um, henbane, walwort, uh, stuff like cumin, ginger, etc. But there are also far more unusual concoctions. Um, one treatment for gout recommends salting an owl, baking it long enough that it can be ground into a powder, and then mixing that with boar's grease to make a salve that you rub on the affected area. Uh, there's a cataract treatment that combines the gallbladder of a hare mixed with honey and applied to the eye with a feather over the course of three nights. Again, these are thought of as medical treatments of the day and not folk remedies or witchcraft. And it kind of goes back to the idea that it's only magic until science thinks it knows what's going on. Um, once completed, the collection will be available on the Cambridge Digital Library, searchable and surveyable to track how treatments evolved, which ones traveled from tome to tome, which ingredients or processes illustrated some efficacy. Um, I've got a book on leechcraft, actually it's called Leechcraft, by Stephen Pollington that reproduces three old English texts and then offers translations. Um, and I've picked at it often over the years. It's it's fascinating, um, but it requires some patience, and there aren't always corollaries to the modern names for many of the plants. Um, but this evolution of medical thinking also reminded me of the a book called The Butchering Art by Lindsay Fitzharris. Uh, this was a great book about the state of Victorian medicine uh, when the leading cause of death in hospitals was being in the hospital. Non-lethal conditions became deadly frequently because of the crude and unsanitary conditions. 
and it explains the fight and the rise, the ultimate rise of antiseptic in the face of skepticism and disdain from the medical establishment. It's 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 very interesting. Um, you think first, what could possibly make someone think that baking an owl would cure gout? But we we still do this today. There are chemotherapy treatments derived from yew trees. There's another that contains platinum. What led to that? What thought said this might be the thing that does it? And it seems unlikely the owl worked out as it disappeared from common knowledge, but I'm sure within those texts there will be through lines we know to work today and some that have perhaps been forgotten by time that may lead to new discoveries.
That's it. Opened with Mr. Pharmacist from The Fall off their album Ben Sinister. Uh, the Fall is a band I feel like I should like more than I do. I have certainly tried, um, but I do like that one. Uh, after that was Lolita Black with Wounds from their 2008 record Inside the Wasteland. And the last track was No Mind with Checking the Obituaries from their 1988 record Tales of Ordinary Madness, and that one maybe sounded a little rough because I ripped it from my old cassette. A quick disclaimer, this show is not monetized on any platform. The music I play is from my own collection, and I'm playing it because I like it and I want to give it some exposure. If a band has an issue with being included on the show, you can email me at spookatorium at gmail.com, and I can see about removing you. If you hear ads on the show, it's not because I'm making money off it. It is likely because of a copyright action from an artist. I am just doing this to amuse myself. Wait a minute. Hello, Air Force 191, 191 from Polar Expedition 6. Can you read me? Air Force 191, hearing advice. Thanks for What's your position? Three hours out. Captain, switch over to your radio compass and check it against your magnetic heading. What's on your mind, Dex? We've got some kind of disturbance up here, and it's whacking away at everything. What do you figure it's from? Don't know. We noticed it last night. Six to eight degrees difference, Pat. Quite a bit off here, Dex. You better home in on me. I'll leave the key open.
flesh with you, woman. And a man's body with seven heads and seven tails.
You just heard Seven Heads from First Law, and that's from the Velochrome album released in 2001. Uh, before that was a French project called Cobber Ord with Spectres. Uh, I just have one of their releases, Le Chant de Ruin, but it's unique and it's really quite good. Um, and then opening the set was a track by Clock DVA called the Unseen from their 1989 release, Buried Dreams, and that is a record that I would put on a reasonably short list of perfect albums. I originally learned about this from a Motherboard article several years ago, and I think I found it when I was doing some digging about um, perception of various experiences often being defined by the setting they happen in or who they happen to. Um, but I don't want to get sidetracked by that, uh, so another time. Uh, this story is about the quest to build the ideal mental hospital. Kiyoshi Izumi was a Canadian architect who, as part of a small federally funded team, researched psychiatric wards from 1954 to 1958. And through studying the layouts, talking with patients, and absorbing the environment, he hoped to get inside the heads of the mentally ill and find new ways of doing things that led to better outcomes for the people that needed to spend time in those facilities. Also on his team were a psychiatrist and a biochemist, and between them they understood intellect and theory had its limits in understanding the, the challenges that they had in front of them. Um, the trio's solution to this was to take LSD during many of the tours they took through these institutions. Azumi is quoted as saying, psychiatrists talk one language and I talk another. They know what they want, but someone had to translate their wishes into architecture. To me, there was really no other way. If I were to really understand the fears and problems of the schizophrenic, I would have to look at things the way that they did. He later recounted focusing on four main ideas to create a space that was not antagonistic to its inhabitants. Uh, provide as much privacy as was possible. Minimize the ambiguity of the design and the detail in the architecture. Uh, don't include any intimidating features. And foster spatial interactions that would limit undesirable confrontations. This ended up in practicality looking like a three-layered semicircle. At the hub was a large communal space and sort of the middle band was divided into several small group spaces and then at the outer tier there were numerous more personal retreat type spaces for privacy. Uh, there were windows in natural light, the color palette was light, individual rooms were designed with low beds to define the floor as something that was close. Closets, instead of being um, sort of dark spaces, were replaced with uh, very distinct rolling cabinets. He put uh, clocks and calendars back in place that had been removed under the old way that they were doing things. Um, things like temperature and acoustics were designed to minimize sensory confusion. The lighting was designed so as not to create silhouettes. And ultimately, there were, there were five of these facilities built in Canada, the first uh, being finished in 1965, and there was also one that was in Pennsylvania. While there will always be skeptics, and the treatment ideology of mental health is decidedly fickle, 
some of the concepts initiated by the Saskatchewan plan have remained and have certainly endured. Uh, just as an aside, I grew up walking distance from a multi-building psychiatric hospital that looked like something out of a Hammer horror film. And there was one weekend a year you could tour sections of the building that wasn't in, of one of the buildings that wasn't in ruins and the rest of the year. I knew what was in every window and explored it as much as I could without getting arrested. But one thing I remember from the tour is them talking about how they had experimented with different color palettes and seeing rows of rooms that were each different colors to gauge what effect that might have. Um, and the tour was led by a former patient of the hospital that had understood its history really intimately. Um, and now I believe they've converted parts of it into apartments and restaurants.
that set started with Crematorium by Sim, and that's from his Visitor release. And if you have any kind of affection for projects like Scorn, this record is excellent. After that was The Sound with Night vs. Day, and finally in that set we had The Horizon Bleeds and Sucks Its Thumb by This Mortal Coil. Uh, thanks to those of you that have checked out the show so far. Whatever platform you are listening on, I appreciate it. Uh, that's about going to do it for this episode. I am going to bring things home with J.K. Flesh and a track called Trinity from his Rise Above album. Until next time. <laughs>